Welcome to Diverse, a Society of Women Engineers podcast. SWE gives women engineers a unique place and voice within the engineering community. On Diverse, we highlight incredible women in STEM and discover who they are at home, at work, and everywhere in between. You can find all of our episodes wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. Hey, I'm your host, Sam East, and welcome to Diverse, a sweet podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by Taryn Branson, the Senior Director of Engineering at Fortune Brands Innovations, which is our sponsor for today's episode. Fortune Brand Innovations is a brand innovation and channel leader focused on exciting supercharged growth opportunities within the home, security, and commercial building markets. Taryn, we are so excited to have you here today to hear your story and Talk about change. That's the big theme of this episode. Thanks, Sam. I'm excited to be here too. As as someone who's been listening to the podcast, it's pretty exciting. And I have to say an honor to be on this side of the conversation. So I'm glad to be here today. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people who are looking forward to hearing more about your story. So let's jump right in. We talked about change right off the bat, how it's a constant in our lives, in our careers, can't avoid it. Change is inevitable. So to start things off, What do you tell your team of both engineers and leaders when it comes to navigating inevitable change? Sure. I think, Sam, it it all starts with making a purposeful decision on what we're choosing to focus on and where we're going to direct our energy. I think a lot of us probably have heard the advice about focusing on what we can influence and letting go of everything else. Or there's this one Venn diagram I saw on LinkedIn a couple of times that show that overlap between what we can control and the things that matter right? And helping us focus in that space. And so I think those pieces of advice are totally spot on. But when it comes to work, right, we've got to translate, what does all that mean? How do we put that into practical application? When I think about the world of product development where where we live, right, we have to live and breathe change, right? Mm -hmm. We're always introducing new products, there's new features, new benefits, new technologies, and our consumers are ever raising that bar. They're always asking for something new. The customers want to know what we're bringing. They expect that new, that different, that better. If we're not improving, if we're not changing our product offering, then we're in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that also means looking for the continuous ways to improve how we do what we do, right? How do we understand the market needs? How do we identify emerging technologies? How are we working together in this post-COVID world? How do we stay ahead of that competition? Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot yeah. of things to focus on. Right. <laughs> and so I think to assume that any one person could do all of this, my goodness, I can't even imagine. Right. So I, when I joined Fortune Brands about a year ago, one of the things that I was really impressed with was the diversity of this group. Right. The experiences, the perspectives, the expertise. And so to assume that any one person could do everything we just talked about all on their own is completely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. So when I talk with my team, when I talk with my leaders, It's all about how do we do it together, right? And it comes back to some advice I heard very early in my career is that we can set out to do anything, but we don't have to do it all and we don't have to do it alone. And so I think when we spend that time focusing on the right opportunities, when we figure out how we can work together, how we can leverage the diverse experiences within our group, when we're focused on those sustainable practices, we stay away from the heroic efforts or the term I learned here, the people glue, right? We can, we can. Mm-hmm. We can absolutely do anything. So it's all about that coming together as a group, choosing those purposeful areas and focusing in on what we want to do together. 
Can you talk a little bit more about the people glue? That's a term I haven't heard before. <laughs> it, was, it was new to me here at Fortune Brands too, right? And it's, it's about, you know, where, when you try to do something new, sometimes the first time you're doing it, you don't know how, right? Or you're trying to work together in a new way, right? And so until we have sustainable practices, until we have the tools in place, we have to stick together. And we do that by how we talk to each other, how we communicate. And so that's, I think, a really great, and one of the things I've been really impressed with here is the way that the team sticks together, right? That we hold hands, we lean in, and we're moving things forward. But that can also be really tiring, right? And so I think as we find opportunities where that people glue helps us kind of make those big steps, those big leaps is really important. But then thinking about, well, what's the underlying capability that that's enabling? How do we build some structures and some processes around that so we can spread that goodness more broadly in a more sustainable way? And going back to what you said there a few moments ago about learning when to take action, how do you in your world discern when you sort of have to sit back and let things unfold and when you actually have to take actionable steps? Oh, gosh, that's a really tough question, Sam. (laughs) Um, Sam, I think a lot of figuring out where to put our efforts, where to focus starts with listening, Mm. right? As a leader of a pretty big engineering team, there's a lot of people. And so the decisions that we make in terms of either our product portfolio, technologies we're focusing on, or new practices we're putting in place is going to have a really broad impact. And so understanding those pain points and how we can help is a huge first step. It starts with listening to our consumers, right? What are those big market needs? Where where are they looking to our competition instead of us, right? Or Mm -hmm. where are they not able to even articulate some gaps that we can see that we know we can fill? right? When it comes to the business priorities and trade-offs, it starts with listening to my peers, right? The other cross-functional partners I have in the organization. What, What do they need? How can we work together to really drive the results that we're going for? So I think across the board, it starts with listening. Of that. And that can be applied to all industries as well. Any situation really in life and professional life as well. 100%. Yep. Oh, this is very relatable for a lot of the people who may be listening right now. You are a working mom, Taryn, and that experience comes with, again, the theme of the episode here, navigating changes all the time, all the pivots. So what would you say is the best sort of advice that you would pass on, on how to find the balance between work and family? And this is the, you know, the pressing, the million dollar question here that everybody wants to achieve that balance. A hundred percent. It's one of those things I think it's very easy to say and it's so hard to do. And funny enough, it is the same thing I tell my team at work, right? We don't have to do it all. And we certainly don't have to do it alone. So this question reminds me of my very first SWE conference, actually, back in, Mm. I think it was 2007. And in one of the breakout sessions, there was a speaker who shared her experiences over her career getting to an executive level role about how important it was for her to be true to her values and to seek out her partners along the way. She shared about her career that led to her journey to becoming that executive. She shared about how she and her husband worked together on focusing their priorities and what that meant for when they raised their kids. I don't remember her exact words, but it still sticks with me today. And, but that first breakout session was really where I started to internalize that idea of we don't have to do it all and we don't have to do it alone. And that's really hard for me because I want to do a lot, right? There's a lot mm. of really fun and exciting things, especially when the kids want to go work on arts and crafts projects or go to a playground or a hike, right? And there's that balance you have to find. But hearing from, from her at that sweet conference really 
helped give me that confidence to find my footing early in my career mm. as a young engineer, but also as a young woman who had just become a wife, right? So when, when our son was first born a couple years later, I had read all the mommy books and I said, okay, I'm going to do all of these things, right? I'm, I'm going to be the best mommy and I'm going to keep my house clean and always <laughs> have the dishes done, right? And it's not going to slow down my career. And so that was, to be honest with you, it was, I stretched myself too thin, right? Mm. Um, so we had to adjust. And my, my partner, he, he's great. We talk about this balance all the time. And so usually when we make plans, whether it's just for the weekend or it's on a vacation, we find it's just as important to discuss what we're not going to do as it is to discuss what we are going to do. Oh, that's good. And so usually what happens is I make a list and it's, you know, 27 items long and I want to go do everything. And he helps <laughs> ground me and says, let's think about what we can realistically do in a 24 hour period. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's really good to, to find that balance and that partnership because I know I couldn't do it on my own. Mm. So I'll be honest with you, Sam, my, my house is not as tidy as I'd like. Right. <laughs> and uh, it took us until this spring to clean up our fall leaves from the backyard. Right. But we purposefully choose that when we're with our family together in the evenings on the weekends, like that's what we're doing. Right. Yeah. And I make, I make peace with those leaves and they stay there. Right. <laughs> and it's the same thing at work. Right? When I'm, when I'm at work with my team, I'm focused on my team. I'm present with what we're doing. And that intentionally means I have to mute my, my team chats. Um, I have to mute my emails so I can be really focused on whatever it is that's in front of me at the time. Yeah. I love what you said there because it's, the to-do list and the to-not-do list that you have mm -hmm. going on at the same time. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And at one point in your career, you were responsible for implementing this enterprise-wide project portfolio management system. The thing is, you were pregnant at the time. So could you tell us about that time in your life and what lessons you learned from, again, that balance of both personal life and professional? Yeah, Sam, I, I learned some really good lessons <laughs> working on that project. Uh, it was a, quite a time. I had recently made a career change. Uh, I had been in product development, engineering up until that point, um, had recently moved into project management and then very quickly to a newly formed team that was kind of uh, an outcropping of a lot of organizational changes we were going through. And we needed to have a way to look across the innovation portfolio and say, what are those big bets? Where do we want to invest in the business? And so one of my primary responsibilities on this project was helping scope out those new tools, how to architect them, what are the different business needs, and then implementing those tools to support that portfolio management. So we contracted with a third party that would come in and help configure the system for us and do the training and, and model everything for us. And I'd say a few months prior to go live, it started to become very clear they had overpromised and were not even close to under-delivering. I mean, there were some pretty big gaps. And so as a very focused and a very driven engineer, I figured, okay, I know how to do this. I'll just do more, right? <sighs> so I decided to fill in that gap, which in retrospect was a really bad idea, right? Mm. Um, I had forgotten that advice we were talking about just a couple minutes ago, Sam, if you don't have to do it all, yeah. you don't have to do it alone, right? I had just totally forgotten. So I started working longer hours. For, for anyone in the audience that's been pregnant, you can understand this, I think. Sometimes I couldn't sleep very well. Yeah. Right. And if I was waking up early, I'd say, you know what, I'll just go into the office a little bit for an extra hour or so. And working with my partner on our, our family balance with work, he would take care of the kids or the grocery shopping and I'd work after we tuck the other kids to bed. So we talked about the balance. We were partners in it for sure. But we didn't discuss that toll it was really taking on my health. And so we're getting close to go live. Go live was targeted for May 1st. The baby was due May 14th. I thought, great, I'll get to go live. The baby will come. 
And on April 9th, I went into labor. Of course. <laughs> of course. And so we, we tried, believe me, the doctors were trying to slow everything down as much as we could, but he was, mm -hmm. he was born on the 10th. So April 10th was when Isaac was born. And uh, there's no way, Sam, to know for sure you can't prove a negative, right? But there's no way I can honestly say that my stress level during that project didn't contribute to why he was born five weeks early. Mm. And so those first three weeks of my maternity leave were very hard. Yeah. He stayed in the NICU and I went home every day without a baby, right? Mm -hmm. He was there waiting, you know, on the, on the equipment that he needed to get his lungs nice and strong. And he's six years old now and he's a beast of a kid. You'd never know it to see him play. But I can honestly say it wasn't worth it, right? You don't mm -hmm. have to do it all alone. And so I go back to that experience very often to remind myself of how important it is to remember I'm surrounded by a team, mm -hmm. a team that we want to win together, right? We're here to support each other. And I think it's that important reminder too that you can't pour from an empty cup. So as much <laughs> as you want to be everything to everyone, and I feel, you know, it's, it's a stereotype, but it's true in a lot of spaces where women really take that on, where they want to they do everything and do it at an excellent level. And in some cases, you sort of, you have to take the losses, but it's not even a loss because in that you're pouring into your own cup so that you can eventually pour again into these other spaces. Absolutely. And, and I think as leaders, right, we have a huge obligation to our team. Mm -hmm. And I think the only way to fulfill those obligations to take care of the people that are, are looking to us yeah. is to make sure we're taking care of ourselves. And if we don't, if we don't carve out that time, if we don't find that balance for ourselves, to your point, it's you can't pour from an empty cup. I love that thing. You can't support them in the ways that you want to if you're not supporting yourself. I hope people internalize because that's a big one, especially in a competitive field like engineering, but it's just simply not possible. You got to take care of yourself too. So on top of the personal changes that you were experiencing as well, and a lot of people experience. There's also organizational changes that you know women engineers in particular may experience through their careers. You've been through a few mergers, acquisitions yourself. So what skills do you think engineers need to have when navigating those organizational changes? Those are always interesting times when we're going through some of those big changes, right? We get so focused on the engineering work that we have to do, the products we have to develop, and then our world around us starts changing. So there's a couple of things that I've, I have found that helped me. There's a ton of advice out there on this, Sam. I'm sure that there's other people who have who've written profusely about it. But there's a couple of things that I found really have helped me. First is, as engineers, we all love data. I like <laughs> facts. I like change. I like yeah. logical cause and effect. I mm -hmm. look at what's the rational thing to go do. Mm -hmm. When you have an organization that's made of people, that's changing, that doesn't always prevail. The logic mm -hmm. and the facts aren't always what we need to lead with. Mm -hmm. And so understanding and empathizing with the perspectives of our colleagues, our leaders, our counterparts, our team members, it's huge. It's hugely important. That emotional intelligence just goes such a long way to figuring out how do we navigate these things together. Everybody's got a different tolerance level for risk, for change. And it's also really hard to know what happens in someone's life when they leave work or what's going on in their head. And so there's a lot of opportunities, I think, when you're going through these sorts of changes to choose patience, which is sometimes really hard, right? But to say, you know what, this person who seems frustrated right now, who's having a hard time, they're giving me a hard time maybe, right? Because we're trying to navigate through this change together. Let me choose patience. 
right? Let mm -hmm. me figure out how, what's, what's maybe driving them in this very dynamic situation. Mm -hmm. On the positive side, I think one of the things that makes, and I think this is true of all engineers, all good engineers, is that we're really, really curious, right? We want to know how things work. We want to understand more. We want to learn. So you're going through these big changes. Stay curious. Keep asking those questions, right? With these big changes, there's always something new to learn. And so asking those questions, being present, being engaged, these can really unlock a lot of opportunities for huge growth. So embracing that change or seeking out opportunities can open doors you've never imagined, which is honestly how I've come across some of my biggest opportunities. When I think back to the big change, one of the big changes in my life, right? I think all of us have gone through is that transition from college student to working professional. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's one of the biggest changes. And it can be scary and comfortable, but I can tell you about my experience or I can share about my experience. And when I was in college, I worked in a CNC shop and that smell of the coolant, the music in the background, the grease on my hands, I was convinced I was in operations forever. That's all I was going to go do. That wasn't my first job. I thought it was going to be, but I was in a rotational program and I, that's where I found product development. And, uh, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I can't imagine doing anything else. I love product mm -hmm. development. And if I had been so focused on, I'm only going to do what I know, I'm not going to expose myself to new experiences. I think I would have missed out on finding what's become a true passion of mine. So my advice would be, you know, for, for anyone going through those big organizational changes, keep an open mind, be curious and ask a lot of questions. That is, that's such a good base level to operate from curiosity. It's, to me, it's been very helpful because sometimes, you know, you're curious and you say, mm, no, that's not for me, right? But sometimes mm -hmm. it can, can introduce you to something totally new. The one last piece I would add to it, Sam, is also about being true to yourself as you're going through these changes. Those first two things we talked about, the emotional intelligence, staying curious, in times of uncertainty can be really hard, mm -hmm. which is why it's so important, I think, to understand where your personal boundaries are, right? What are your priorities? What are your goals? And that's not just professionals, you know, as a whole person, what, what are you focused on? What's important to you? And this might be the hardest of all three of these. These priorities, they can change over your life, different life stages, different things that are going on, new experiences and exposures. I know my priorities have changed incredibly over my professional career. But I think being true to yourself and honest with yourself is really important. And also finding those partners, right? Those partners that can help check you, help make sure you're not those partners that can help you and be your sounding board or help you stay true to your compass, because sometimes we all get a little bit lost, right? So mm -hmm. those people that can be your anchors are so important because I'm going to go back to what I said before. We don't have to do it alone, yes. right? Seek out those partners. Going back to the emotional intelligence piece, do you feel over the span of, of your career from your vantage point that there's been a sort of fostering of emotional intelligence in these spaces that you've worked in? Is that a change that you've noticed? Yes, Sam, I would say it is. I would say when I first started in my career as an engineer, it was, we were very focused on the testing. Now, what do we mm. have to do? And mm -hmm. how do we get efficiency out of the system? And I think, you know, I can, again, speaking from my personal experience, we, I know I did not over-index appropriately on the emotional intelligence piece. And so it's been really encouraging to see the increase in trend of training and support around those areas. One of the things that Fortune Brands, I think, does a great job of is a partnership with Case Western. 
and providing training on emotional intelligence to those that are interested within the, within mm. the engineering team. Mm -hmm. So there's huge emphasis and importance on understanding those motivations and the emotional intelligence that goes along with that to help make sure as a team we're coming together and focused on the right opportunities. Another change that almost everyone in the world has some, had some kind of experience with is remote work. Lots of companies, mm -hmm. engineers had to pivot, had to adapt over these last couple of years. What was the transition to a remote position like for you? To be honest, Sam, it's been really challenging. Hmm. I never thought ever that I would take a remote job. I am totally an extrovert. I draw tons of my energy from being with my team at work or friends mm -hmm. and family when I'm not at work. Mm -hmm. And as an engineer, I became a mechanical engineer because I love taking stuff apart and seeing how it works. And so there's not a lot more that I enjoy at work than being in the lab, seeing how the product's performing, tearing down competitive products and building up our new inventions. So reviewing those physical things is, is hugely satisfying for me. So when I came to Fortune Brands, I knew it was the remote opportunity. Right. Mm. I also knew I was joining a long tenured team, many of whom, many of the team members had been working together for a long time before COVID was even on our radar. Right. They had those relationships. So between coming into a new group in a remote situation and also knowing I couldn't draw my primary energy sources in the traditional way that I had, I had to take a different approach. So if there's one thing I've really focused on as I've come into this role is really about communication. So carving out time to build those relationships with my peers and my team. I ask a ton of questions, Sam. It's almost a running joke sometimes. The curiosity. I, exactly. Back to the curiosity. Mm -hmm. And so when, I, when I'm with my team and we're talking about our projects, right, I ha you have to be present. You have to be engaged. And you can do that whether you're in a room or it's, it's on a Zoom call. You know, being available and accessible, the technology we have at our fingertips is, is hugely empowering. Right. And I think the more we can do to make those connections and make sure that everyone understands and is demonstrating that we're on the same team, that distance becomes much less of a factor. On the other side, there was another thing that my team did for me that was a huge help. And they sent me a care package when I started. And I know when I was a kid, care packages included brownies and books and things like that. This was the care package of all sorts of products and components. It included cartridges and brass valves and pull down hoses and padlocks and, you know, lock picking kits and all sorts of things. So if you could see my office right now, you'd see all of these things kind of scattered about. And since then, I've, I've added a lot of prototypes to this collection, right? So as, as an engineer is developing something new and we're talking about some complicated seal geometry, you know, having that physical prototype, not just looking at the CAD on the screen, really helps me understand what, what we're looking at, what the challenges are, and how do we figure it out together. So for me, that's been a huge help as well. I do travel to visit the team. I do travel to visit the team as well, which is a huge help. So I, I visit with them every month or two. And when they are, those weeks, oh man, they're, they're really busy weeks. We're trying to pack in everything we possibly can. We're reviewing products. We're in the labs. We're looking at prototypes. So we're very focused on what we're, what we're creating together. But we also have to set aside time for other things too, right? Like team building. I can tell mm. you on my, my last trip up to Cleveland, Sam, the team did an incredible job planning this offsite for an afternoon. The weather was perfect. And it was probably the most incredible game of capture the flag that I have ever seen. <laughs> it was so fun. It was just a great, a great opportunity to spend time away from the office with the team and just, mm -hmm. you know, run around a little bit and enjoy the spring. So it all, it all goes back to being present, right? I think when, whether you're remote or you're in person, I think that holds true of, of just being present and engaged and making the most out of your time together. And I imagine that 
being present, being curious, balance, all of these themes that we've talked about throughout the episode are a big part of your role leading the engineering team responsible for new product development across water and security categories with brands like Master Lock, American Lock, Century Safe. What do you enjoy the most about your job and working at Fortune Brands Innovations? When it comes to work, I don't think there's anything I love more than making amazing products with amazing teams, mm. right? And that's, that's really what I, I'm very fortunate to have here. Our brands, very strong brands, right? Moen and Masterlock, I mean, my goodness, right? They stand the test of time, but they're not strong just because we've got great advertising. They're mm. strong because of what our products deliver. And that's mm -hmm. because of what our engineers create, right? And so I have a great sense of pride in that and the technical rigor that goes into those designs and the empathy, the way we empathize with what the consumers want and what they need. And so I wasn't, and I still am not an expert on plumbing fixtures, mm -hmm. right? And I'm, I still would say I'm not an expert. I'm still also learning about what it takes to make our padlock so strong and secure. But I'm very fortunate to be surrounded by a great team of engineers and leaders who never hesitate to share their expertise. They're very patient with me as I ask questions and, and start to try and learn more about what it takes to do what it is that we do. And as we discover these great opportunities together for whether it's new technologies or new ways of working, we're tackling them together. At the end of my days, when I sit down for dinner with my family, with my kids, they usually say, mommy, what did you learn today? How was your day, right? And there's always an opportunity to say, I learned this new thing, right? I learned this new process. I learned, I met this new person. Um, I've been with the team for a bit more than a year. There's always something like that that I can share with them. And for that, I'm incredibly thankful. And looking ahead, what do you see as some of the biggest, ch both challenges and opportunities for Fortune Brands Innovation in driving that innovation, but also in changing the industry as a whole? Honestly, Sam, I am really excited about the journey that's ahead of us. And it's, it's really a transformation that we're going through. If you look at our portfolio of brands, our portfolio of products, they're almost entirely they're historically mechanical products. It's a valve that goes in your wall, a padlock that goes on your locker, or even a front door if you look at the outdoor side of the business. We are in that process of taking those really rock solid mechanical products and bringing them forward into that connected space. At the end of the day, our faucets need to continue to be exceptional. People trust Moen and we are never, we're never gonna sacrifice that. Our locks have to continue to outperform the competition. Our entry and storm doors need to be the best ones available, and they will continue to be that. But when you look at how do we add in the features, the technologies that enable that connected entry, the connected products, I mean, the future is so bright. There's so much out there, um, and there's a lot for a product developer to be really excited about as I look forward towards the future. Mm. And for someone who's hearing this, excited by the possibilities of that bright future, and Curious, we've been talking about that curiosity about a potential career path with Fortune Brands Innovations. What's the best way to get in contact with you with a question? Absolutely, Sam. Well, I would, I would welcome anybody who's curious to reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. But if you're particularly curious about the career opportunities that are out there, um, our team is growing. And those job opportunities are posted on our Fortune Brands website. And I would certainly encourage anyone who's curious to go check that out or, again, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Taryn. Thank you so much for chatting with us about navigating change. And I think most importantly, that balance that applies to so many people in every sphere of their life. And uh, you really put up a great reminder of how we need to fill our own cup. 
So thank you, Taryn. Thank you, Sam. It's been really a pleasure getting a chance to not only share this with you, but it was a great opportunity to really reflect on some of the, the journey that I've been on as well. So I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you again for taking the time to chat with us today, Taryn Branson of Fortune Brands Innovations, and from all of us at SWE. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with your social network. You can visit swe.org to learn more about how the Society of Women Engineers empowers women to achieve their full potential as engineers and leaders.